0: Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for December 2nd of 2017. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com.
1: I'm Cameron Welsh from
0: HockeyHurts.com. This week on the podcast, we're going to have a podcast because we've tried to do this goddamn thing three times already. (laughs) Uh, We've got this far. (laughs) Okay, so here we, we're doing it. How many episodes did you say we've done so far? This is
1: technically 174. I think we'll we'll be we'll be pitching. So
0: we haven't figured any of this out yet. Still not no. Nope. So take 800 for this evening. Um, but I do think we we work things out. Um, we'll talk about the Penguins. Ian Cole has uh, been a healthy scratch in recent games. Uh, He's back in the lineup, but he's certainly on the trade block. We'll talk about uh, if that makes sense, why it makes sense, and how it would impact the Penguins moving forward on what they can do. We will talk about the Oilers' oilering, because (laughs) they (laughs) are awesome. They are awesome in in all the wrong ways. Uh, We will talk about Drew Doughty and... Eric Carlson and the contracts uh, that they've been alluding to for their next ones. And, uh, hint, they like money. <laughs> Ray Sherrill made a trade. Vatnin for Henrique. Flyers have lost ten in a row. So, that's where we're at. Cam, where are we uh. starting for, for the... And funny enough, we've started with a different topic. Each one of these. All right, so
1: things. we'll start. We'll start with the flyers. Then we'll, okay. we'll start there with the bad news, and we'll move on to the better stuff. Uh, this sucks for the fires. Like, yeah, I think they're doing things in the right direction. I think they're tilting their their roster in a particular way that should produce good results. They are going through one of those, you know you pick black 10 in a row and you've it's reds come up on the roulette table 10 in a row. I I don't think there's really a need to panic, but are they going to get that luxury in Philly?
0: No, at least from similar reasons that we're talking about. I've mentioned later that the, the media is uh, not very nuanced.
1: Yeah. Well, and I shouldn't say y- that
0: they, they, there are some good, really good Philly people that I follow, but overall not very nuanced.
1: It makes it tough as a general manager when the, that pressure's on the, the entire time. Like, the fan base is, is so uh, intense that um, pressure just builds from the, the media and then the fans get on top of them and then they go and do something that they probably will regret. So, hopefully, Hextl will stick with what he's been doing because the plan itself looks pretty solid. They're just in a really shitty spot right now.
0: Philly fans are sick of hearing about the process because the Seventy Sixers have tanked, and yeah, um, but they've
1: got an Aussie to bail them out now, so they're sweet. All
0: right, so looking at this um, losing streak, they've had some games mixed in, like a one nothing loss where they controlled play fifty five percent of the time. Um, they had back to back losses against the Wild where they controlled play. Lost to the Jets by one where they controlled play. Lost to the Flames by one when they controlled play. Got, uh, lost by three to the Canucks. They were at 64% possession that game. I'll say this, though. The last three games have not been very good. They were at 40 33 and 46%. So I have
1: a feeling that's just seven in a row that have got to them, and they've mentally broken.
0: So the entire scope of the 10-game losing streak, they certainly don't deserve it. They definitely deserve the last um, three games. Yeah. Which is compounding the problem.
1: I mean, I've only watched bits and pieces of their games through highlights and stuff for the year, but I watched the Pittsburgh game, and it was fun hockey. Like, they're playing a brand of hockey that's definitely watchable, they just need to start getting some results as well. And, you know, it's a results driven league, and I, I fully understand that, but don't do something silly. I don't think Haxtell's the problem either. I don't think it's the coach that's the issue, but he's probably going to be the first thing that moves, wouldn't you think?
0: Yeah, that's usually how this stuff goes, right? I mean, but I don't think that solves anything for them. The year's done. Yeah, which is harsh. You know, it's, I think in take three of harsh. this
1: you said that,
0: but it's nonetheless true.
1: Yeah,
0: right. They can't it's hard, make the playoffs. That's so... just not going to happen.
1: Because that's the thing; they're seven points behind, and you think to yourself, for seven points isn't that much to get into the last wild card spot." But it's so hard to, to
0: make get up points with back this to weird
1: three game stupid. The three point system, it's just it's it makes unless they go on a complete reverse and have a ten or a twelve game run later in the year to to balance out what they've done, they're still a middling borderline team anyway. They're heading in the right direction, but yeah.
0: So my question When do they start thinking about moving Claude Giroux? Something that I've, I've brought up on this podcast before. By the time things... And they yeah. have some nice young pieces going, what what's his value? Like, they should get out from under that contract before it turns sideways.
1: Well, that contract's going to stop them from being able to keep one of the young defensemen when they have to pay him.
0: That's and, I, probably... and I would think about Voracek, too, and I think highly of him. But it's more... Nothing to do with him, the player. It's the team situation kind of deal. Yeah. Because I think there's an about... opening for the Flyers if they time this right. Pittsburgh's window is, um, you know, it's winding down. Tampa Bay's window is, um, it'll be open for a little bit here. But by the time the Flyers are catching stride, that their, theirs will be kind of a little bit towards the tail end of it. Montreal, who could have been good if, you know, they didn't do those things, <laughs> they kind of, <laughs> they, they kind of self sabotage themselves. Who, who else is the. Washington had their window the best shot last year. So if they really want to play the long game, I think there's potential for, for them to, to make some headway here the, if they're patient. The big thing.
1: The big thing for me is that you go, I think Columbus is in a win-now window, like, the next three or four years, until Bobrovsky starts to decline, that might be a little bit longer than that, but Columbus is definitely win-now, New Jersey is, can't believe they're where they are, Um, I would say
0: Philadelphia and Carolina would be the teams in the metro to sort of push up. Oh, speaking of which, Carolina, I was just looking, top possession team in the league,
1: yeah, but they still can't get consistent goaltending.
0: Ah, they tried, though. I can't fault them there. Darling was a good um, risk.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's the thing. It's just, like, at the moment, they just they can't get it. They're doing everything else but keeping the puck out of their own net, and it doesn't seem to be from terrible player from the goalie. So, um, it's yeah, it's bizarre what's going on with that roster. But you're right in regards to the long game for Philly. You look at the, the way teams cycle around. Pittsburgh is on the back end of their window, most definitely. And um, depending on how awesome Gino and Crosby are, will depend on how long that tails out for them. But Philly, if they time it right with a couple of moves, should be able to get the parts. Because they've got... Who was the number two draft pick they picked up?
0: Drawing a blank. I know. Yes. Who is, it? Pat, is it Patrick? Patrick
1: Nolan. Or, no, so uh, no. like Patrick. Oh, and Patrick, that's it. It's like so they've got a number one center sitting there. So they might be using like Drew and, and Voracek to sort of protect him from having to play heavy minutes, but um, you know, him and Katuria are gonna are gonna be the pillars of, of the offense for that for that roster. So I think you're right. Maybe do try and move both of those players in the next twelve months probably Drew now, because he looks like he's having, I know he's having a bit of a renaissance this year, but it felt like he'd hit that that cliff curve a little bit earlier than I thought.
0: Yeah. Like I said, it's just a timing thing. Sometimes the shit just don't work. You know?
1: Yeah, your players don't come together in the right cycle. Exactly.
0: Which is frustrating, because Drew was a terrific player. Um, But he fumbled that baton. What are you going to do? You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you're a smartass. <laughs>
0: Can't drop it. People uh, will pick that shit right back up. The yeah, yeah. Sorry,
1: trade it like a bar. i you so you're in trouble. Um. <laughs> oh, okay, let's move on for the. Was it Geno in?
0: Carl, good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, haggles, radiao. Oh man, he's been having a rough year. So good for him. Good for him. Two nothing. Buffalo What's... is dog shit. All right. Um. So I don't. I don't have too much more to add on the Flyers, other than you know the Season's cooked. Just keep thinking long term here. Don't make any rash uh, decisions to save a short term that doesn't exist.
1: No, well, the other thing on top of that is the way, like you've mentioned it before, the way the draft, the lottery works now, they could stumble into another number one or number two pick, no matter where they are in that list, and they'll get yeah,
0: another top-quality defenseman. Darlin is a defenseman. Play with. Is he not the... Yeah,
1: correct. I've seen some highlight stuff that he can do, and he's Carlson-esque in regards to how he moves on the ice and how he sees the ice. It's... um.
0: It's another, get... it's another tease for Buffalo. He'll be in the World Juniors in Buffalo uh, later ah. this month. And um, they, they that they is eat, the piece they that eat. they
1: need more yeah. than anything. They'll get number two pick in the draft. You watch.
0: Yep. Poor guys. Pittsburgh <laughs> gets number two in the draft. They get Malkin and Stahl. Buffalo gets Sam Reinhardt. It's
1: just not quite the same, is it?
0: Yeah, it's really not. So, um, where where do you want to bounce next? Um,
1: let's chat about Ray Scher in the uh, devil's trade.
0: Can't believe he fucked the Penguins over like he did, man. No, um, no he's <laughs> he's been doing a good job with uh, New Jersey so far, it I has. think. I it thought has. he made the right yep. pick with the... The number one overall selection. I think there's a higher ceiling with uh, Nico. Yeah. Even though Nolan Patrick should be pretty good too.
1: Uh, Nico feels like he's he's higher up, and Patrick feels like he's a little more ready right now. So he has gone for a pick looking forward mm-hmm. rather than
0: first place Devils. Are they still
1: in first? No. No.
0: no they're not. Yes. I've been slacking this year.
1: But it's good trade for both teams. Like Adam Henrique really helps out the Ducks in regards to the fact that most of their center depth is injured. Um he's only twenty seven, so he can be around for a while. Um and Vatnan is a very dynamic skater who has some flaws, but um will certainly help that team in transition.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a good trade for the Devils. Um <laughs> We talked about this, uh, I think, twice already. <laughs> uh-huh. So New Jersey's got Nico and Jack right now. And you, that leaves Henrik as like a third-line center. But the value of Henrik as a third-line center without maybe um, super-solid wingers, They're, the, the Devils aren't quite at the three-scoring lines approach. Or you they're that more offensive model yet. So it made more sense for them to trade him to shore up a, a what I would consider a bigger hole for them.
1: Yeah. So. The, the, there was a good, good use of assets. Like, like we've got three centers. Henrique is a third line center. It doesn't really hold for us, but we'll grab that who will certainly help us on the back end where we're a little lacking. Um, so yeah, it's it's well done.
0: Yeah, made logical sense. Um, the cost was, uh, and it's not like Henrik's contract was great, you know.
1: No, I mean it, it. Yeah, I think the what is it? It's a little bit more for Vatnin. I think the extra eight hundred grand they're paying for Vatnin compared to Henrik um, works that well for them.
0: Uh, four mil, I guess it's not bad, but. I guess I was, I was thinking sorry. of Zay Jack. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like Zay Jack's contract, but that they, they weren't moving that, so I think the Devils are moving and Will Butcher's been good for them.
1: Well, candidate for the Calder, really.
0: He's uh he's got a lot of points if I'm correct. That's all you need to do. That's
1: all they base it on
0: yeah but that's that's good if you're generating offense he's he's got eighteen points in twenty five games he's a defenseman and he's a rookie yeah
1: yeah no he he knows what he's doing when he's out there.
0: Wow, I'm impressed good on you Mr Butcher what's his possession forty nine point four ah that's fine oh his uh, relative is p- positive five percent yeah
1: Team him and Vatnir up. They don't play on the same same side of the ice, and it'll be interesting to see how they go.
0: Wait, New Jersey? Oh man, New Jersey's. Uh, I don't know what their PDO is offhand, but I know it's got to be good because they're 30th <laughs> in possession. <laughs> I didn't
1: well, think it's that... one of those. Yeah. Have they got I think, Corey uh, the big Cory? coming
0: in the pumpkin. <laughs> Although, maybe Vatin helps. Not that Batman's yeah. like a super um, possession player himself, but like he has transition skills that could help. Yeah. For sure. And as we know with the Penguins, it's tough to, to do the transition thing when your D aren't making all those kinds of plays.
1: I uh, said, so sure, I should be happy with, with how that's going. Oh, boy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Vatnin was a is a forty two percent possession player this year. <laughs> Eesh. But he's only minus two point nine percent relative, which means <laughs> drum roll, thirty first <31st laughs> Anaheim Ducks possession. Jeez. So. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Have a high opinion of of Vatnin. Maybe I might need to reassess that.
0: His earlier years were, were better. He's, mm. he's um, first year in the league, 53.6. Next, 51.8. 51. 51.7. 51. 48.9 after Randy showed up again.
1: Uh, I'm not okay. totally
0: blaming that. I'm just taking a pot shot. This year's been low, Me, but he's been on the two worst teams in the league. Yeah. His, his we'll horsey see. for uh, relative for his career is zero.
1: So he is what his team is, basically. Yeah. His team's good, he's good. If his team's bad, he's bad.
0: Okay. So, you know, I, I like it for the Devils. Anytime they can get a player that doesn't make you want to go to sleep when they play, that's good. <laughs> Well, no, they, they've really so they've colors. really transitioned from that. I will always um, insult them because of my childhood, but they're they're Ray's doing good, and you can definitely tell that it's not the the same team it was before.
1: It's not Devils.
0: Nope, which is good. Hey, you made that joke a second time. Good, good for you. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving from that defenseman to Ian Call.
0: Oh, we're going how around. are they going okay. to get value for him? Well, here's the deal with it. You're either going to get value for him or you're going to hold him. Those are the options.
1: Don't give him a wife of a cheap, what, cheap What's the point? Correct.
0: He's a great bottom-pairing defenseman on a, competi- on a competing team. Not great, but I don't. you don't worry about him in a bottom-pairing role. At least I don't. No. No. And even Dar. spot duty. He can, like, playing with Schultz, they, they've they done all right. So, you know, if you're going to trade him, like, if the Oilers are going to offer Connor McDavid, yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> all right. If you'd sit Aaron Heich, that's a more plausible fuck up.
0: Yeah, but why why settle for R N H when you can wait for the Oilers to keep losing a few more games and and the and the biggest part about this uh, Ian Cole situation is the Penguins have given his agent permission to talk extension with the potential team he's traded to, so there's more value there. So that's why it goes from R N H to McDavid. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Because not... okay. then, no, it's, then it's, he can sign yeah. for eight years. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's already there.
0: Like, they can talk about the deal and then not sign it until he gets there. And who, who wants. The guy's looking at an $11 million raise next year. Who wants to pay that?
1: I um... <laughs> I don't I'll give I'll give Rutherford credit here in that he hasn't this is like you said last podcast. Generally at this time of the year he tries to make his move and, and get things sorted and settled and then not really want to have to touch the team. He's gone out and obviously right now it's on hold for them. But um he didn't yeah, pull he the was trigger. A to, yeah, I'm wondering
0: how close a deal was during that little time period.
1: Yeah. And I know you and I have joked on Twitter about this, but the fact that Cole has two Stanley Cups and is a right shot defenseman—no, he's left. He'll—is he left? Is he? Yep. Probably takes down a little bit of his value, but he'll get over—he'll get overvalued by someone.
0: Because yeah, the of cups are—the cups are legit variable because it is a variable to a lot of these GMs. Yeah. And, and, it's, it's, and he's not a bad big. player. No, and he's tough and he blocks shots. Man, he—he's the kind of guy you win with in the playoffs. Yeah,
1: as long as he doesn't score his own net. Um,
0: no, you're you're wasting material for later.
1: <laughs> but you look at you—you you, you look at Ian Cole, and he is somebody that if you can put him on your third pair, he's not really going to make a blunder that's going to cost you a game, right? And he can spot the Or, or even
0: on a second pair. I don't think he's, like, yeah. prone to terrible mistakes that often.
1: No, but it's more it's more in regards to quality of competition then for Cole in that the skaters that a second pairing should be going against generally skate a little bit quicker than he can handle, and he gets turnstiled a little bit at times. Um, put him in a third-round role, though, and he's fine. I, you, I've not seen him get turnstiled when he's playing lower down the lineup for Pittsburgh this year. So the the people that, that take him on need to understand that the two cups he's got, he still needs to play in the role that he won those two cups in. You can't bring him in and go, oh, those two cups mean we can play him as a... Pittsburgh even tried when he got there to try and play him as a top-pairing defenseman next to Latang, and that was a disaster. So and That was unfair to him. And that's what I mean, though. like That's not his fault. That was the deployment that he was being used on. So the two cups don't mean you can deploy Cole higher up the lineup that he is you can't get him to go oh we know he can be this because he's not he's too old he's not going to improve on what he is now as a defender so the Oilers I, this is the thing with the Oilers it feels like that's what they're going to try and do to him
0: yeah um, well if the Oilers were to trade for him but then they'd be looking for a number one center so that, that's really <laughs> tough you know but about ian cole and what pittsburgh's looking for i think not only third line center is a is, is a clear need still but i think they would look to get any kind of impact forward in that trade because i do think if they were able to and it, it might not come through a cold trade, but I think if Pittsburgh was able to get, like, a legitimate um, winger that had ability, that they would potentially move Gensel to center in that kind of situation.
1: And then go for the three-line deal again. Yeah, I get what you mean.
0: And and give, um, well, it's tough to say the the line combos without knowing. The, the the, this
1: there, potential I don't know
0: maybe non-existent player that will never show up. But um, yeah, you, but it, you hold on it's to that him. one extra dip forward. Yeah, you hold them if it's not for the, a forward of substance, right? Or yeah, don't if you get, give or sorry, if you get a first-round pick and have that ability to move it for that player too. Like indirectly, yeah, and that, use Cole.
1: that that value that pick's not going to be any value if you get it from Tampa, but if you get it from Phoenix, then it has value. So yeah, where they're, they, not, they're where not trading picks, a
0: first round pick for Ian Cole. No, I don't.
1: I was using two very extreme examples, but that's what they have to sort of look at as well is where does that that first rounder come from if it comes to being a futures because they'll want that future to trade for like you said uh, a forward that can move the needle which is hilarious talking about this team like that because it feels like they need another defenseman but I think they just use their forward group to well, cover up the defenseman
0: they can survive with the top four of Latang, Dumoulin, Mata, Schultz I think They want a cup without Latang. so, like, if you focus on the forwards, you know you can... Yeah, but that forward
1: group right now is not...
0: It's not the one that it was, you're right, but what these trades are, maybe they can tell St. Louis to take Reeves back and and get that first rounder, (laughs) or or, or the, the prospect back.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those things where everyone sees in the playoffs, season is going to play, and it's like they've still got to get to the playoffs yet. Like they're the way they're playing, they're a fringe team.
0: Well, um, looking better lately. They can't
1: afford to have. This is the thing. They don't have that buffer through the year. They're going to have a run where they lose, you know, three of five. And they'll have it again though. That's the that's the thing with Sid and Gino being older. Is that they can't just pop them all on their back. And same with Kessel. The Kessel's been brilliant this year. Kessel's they're gonna been have, awesome. slubs. yeah, and they're gonna have slubs through the year. And if they get one of those slubs at the wrong time of the year, they could find themselves on the outside looking in with five games to go, and that makes it real tough. So I don't think they can sort of sit on this for much longer if if something doesn't materialize through using coal. They're going to have to work out how they get it done differently. But they do need a, a change to make them more dynamic to have them win games. They're fun games to watch, though, as a rule, because they're track beats. The high volume of shots, either way, whether it's for or against Pittsburgh, but it's fun to watch.
0: Well, after tonight, I mean, they're up 2 nothing at the end of two. It'll be four in a row wins yeah. after three in a row losses, so... Um, they did recover from that bad spell, and yes, um, two of them will be against Buffalo, who's very much struggling. How and and one of them was to the Flyers, who are in the middle of a um, yeah. But
1: still the Flyers were that. up
0: on them, but they did beat yeah. Tampa. Yeah, that's true. Actually, because Tampa finally played okay. Pittsburgh. Played Tampa all four. I don't know if it was three or four. Every Free, time they three games
1: space of, yeah.
0: Um Pittsburgh was on the second of a back-to-back. And then finally, Tampa was also on a back-to-back. Not that that was the only variable, but... No, uh,
1: schedule does matter.
0: Well, I think it does matter when you t- you're talking about uh, a really great Tampa team being fresh versus anybody. Yeah. yeah, that's a big advantage when when you're talking about the elite of the league, and um, you know, so that was a good win. I think um, I think Rutherford, if if Hunwick pans out, deserves a little bit of credit for keeping a, because Hunwick's underlying numbers are pretty similar to Cole,
1: even yeah. though,
0: not so far this year in Pittsburgh, but. Uh, we'll see how that plays out as as things move forward. But he's the same price point as Cole, and assumably will play that same bottom-pairing role. So he kind of extended that price point.
1: Yeah, which a good way. To, I hadn't thought of it that way. That's not a bad way to look at it.
0: So I I want to give credit there, even though it really... it It did hamper them in the summertime. Like, that's an extra two mil when you already have you still have coal so basically you're paying four mil to a bottom pairing defenseman
1: yeah chris russell yeah okay
0: <laughs> shit it i'll tell you what if we got nothing more to add on the penguins that that's how we transition to that it was just
1: <laughs> what a tire fire that whole media market is at the moment over there
0: i fucking love it it's such great entertainment <laughs>
1: You know, one thing that I do find a a bit of a blessing is that Pittsburgh didn't really have to deal with this with Malcolm and Crosby. The team was kind of allowed to evolve. Edmonton haven't allowed this team to evolve at all. Like, McDavid's done nothing short of what Crosby did in his time.
0: I think he's right to the script. and said Sid win his first MVP second year?
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. And what was it? First cup in four, like his fourth year. So yeah,
0: Good luck on that one, Connor.
1: Yeah, yeah. so there's not. I, I don't know what more Connor McDavid can do. I mean, yeah, he's got some. Oh, he's, he's, got got to, some he's got to
0: not turn the fucking puck over like a stupid head.
1: He's got <laughs> some turnover issues at the moment because he's trying to do more than he should. He's the only asshole on that
0: team that has the puck.
1: Correct. And. and the fact that they're the things that they're highlighting and then, That's you know, Chris true. Russell they're has... A,
0: they're actually a good possession team. I'm yeah. just taking I mean, needless pot shots there.
1: Chris Chris Russell, you know, makes a that to the, you know i won't say it could happen to anyone, but it's never going to no, happen to him. I,
0: I truly... It, none of my Chris Russell opinion has been changed a bit because of that. And in fact, no. I, I'll tell you what I tell my high school players when they come off the ice after... an obvious mistake and they're you know the body language is terrible i know that that i know that they know they fucked up i know they fucked up so the question i ask them is hey did did you do that on purpose and i ask it in such a dry pan fashion that they can only smile like we both (laughs) know like hey did you do that on purpose and it kind of breaks that um Feeling bad and reminds them that, of course not. I obviously didn't try to do that, and, and you move on yeah. from those kind of plays. So, um, that has nothing to do with anything. I and mean, he was having a fine game. You know, in that individual yep. game, he was having a good, good game till he scored on his own net, and that was the game-winning goal. But the Chris Russell stuff brings in a much larger uh, discussion. Because
1: yeah, it's hilarious.
0: He's the absolute kind of guy that um, uneducated, lazy media would attach their wagon to.
1: The treatment that Russell's getting from the Edmonton media now is it's, what.
0: It's what Wayne Gretzky deserves.
1: It's. it's, <laughs> it's Jordan Eveline didn't get this luxury, and they're struggling for secondary scoring. And they just took pot shots at Emily for being honest enough to say, yeah, you guys fucked up my confidence. So, what is this a complete overcorrection of her uh, for Chris Russell? No, it's because he does all the stuff that they think is valuable to, to win a game of hockey. Like the overcorrection of. Getting going, oh, he's a great player and a great guy, and all this is just like, no, he could be a great guy and somebody that you want to have in the room, but he's not four million dollars worth of a great guy, and he doesn't bring enough to push the needle the correct direction for Edmonton to paying four mil. And he's a, a third line.
0: Four mil has cost them big.
1: I <sighs> oh, just, yeah, you know, I it's probably the thing that frustrates me the, the, the most with this Chris Russell stuff is that the arguments people have had against Russell before this watershed event of scoring on his own net like a sniper was that before the consistent thing. Yeah, exactly. Like everywhere he's gone, the, the problems he creates for his team on the ice have been the same everywhere he's gone. And every time he's gone to a club, they've gone Oh, but he blocks shots and he's so great in his own zone and he's so tough. But, it's not helped everywhere he's gone. And they committed, was it four years on top of the four mil for yeah. this kid? Yeah.
0: That that doesn't and help. Ne- negotiating against themselves.
1: Yeah. Like, McDavid earning 13 mil or 11 mil or whatever it is against the cap next year isn't going to be the reason they struggle. You pay those guys up. It's the guys like Russell that you overpay for. And fucking Lucic on whatever he's on. Six. Like, he's taken a team that was fast and could skate and has slowed them down with, you know, he's, Chiarelli.
0: He's making $6 million until... Forever. ...the sun dies.
1: <laughs> or until we all get blown up. So it might not be too long.
0: Eat and Arby's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, I, I kind of feel for the Edmonton fans. Because they didn't ask for Chiarelli to come in and be the general manager, and he's literally trying to mold this team to what he had at Boston. He's gone for character guys, and he's brought in guys that give a particular style of hockey. He
0: won a title um, on accident.
1: Well, he Just won it the Thomas of
0: was amazing, and the structure of the team was fine, but it wasn't a very—they're the lowest possession winning. Well, hold on. Before last Pittsburgh year. Pittsburgh last year. Yeah. Surely Pittsburgh yeah. last year. And, and I was, I, you know, I'm out there saying, like, Pittsburgh's getting pretty lucky here. So yeah. uh, same opinion about that Boston team. So now Chiarelli's, like, Edmonton needs to be that lucky. I, I got bad news. Yeah. Because this team's I mean, not as good as those other two Boston and Pittsburgh teams. No. And I can't tell those goalies. Although he had a very nice year last year. Uh, so, Todd McClellan. There's been a ton of criticism on him for what he said about Chris Russell. I I don't like some of the specific phrasing that he used. I don't think he needed to do that to make his point. But you have to understand, here's the reality of Todd McClellan's situation. Hey man, this guy hired me. He signed this piece of shit for 4 years. If I start talking shit about one of his worst signings, Chris Russell is going to outlive my ass here in Edmonton.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I still think he I still think Russell, Well, actually if this season goes down the tube, which it's getting the further the season goes, the longer and longer that looks like it's going to be the case, I don't think McClellan stays. I reckon they'll fire his ass because they won't fire the GM. The GM will fire him to save his own ass.
0: So some of the phrasing, and I know all the analytic nerds out there find ways to run him into the ground, but he means a lot to our team. Those are those, like you can uh, sell this Chris Russell point that he kind of has to sell But when you throw the analytic nerds find ways to run them into the ground Um, it's showing me that maybe you're not the right guy in 2017 to be running the team.
1: You you you
0: cannot ignore that stuff. You need to combine it with the the scouting and, and all that other stuff. To totally blatantly demean it is is a red flag, I think.
1: The only thing I'd give him a pass on is that he was just cut and sick. Because I'm sure Chris Russell is the poster boy for why did why do people pay this player this much money for what he does? So he's the he's the poster boy of it.
0: But here's. You know, and then whoever's criticizing this individual probably has never played a competitive sport in their life, and if they have, they've that's been the perfect. That's of all. And that, that event just, never that. occurred to them. Then they should they should be in the Hall of Fame somewhere. I don't know what to say to that other than you know that's that's a it's it's weak.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, that's weak sauce. I played Division Three college hockey. I was coached by professionals. Um, I've been a coach at you know high school level, whatever, for the last decade. Um, i published in Hockey Prospectus, in a book. I'm this like, fuck you, Todd. How about that? Yeah. The, the fact that you think you're you're that much, you you you're running um, Connor McDavid into a 29th place finish. So, Todd. Um, I bet I could do better because there's only two also? slots I could do worse. And by random chance, I would do better. I don't, oh, I didn't mean that phrase quite the way it came out, but because that's just kind of getting into that stupid pissing match stuff, I'm saying like they've had a lot of bad luck this year. You yeah. You know what I mean? yep but i could be better than 29th i know that i just hit him to call these people out that some some in the analytics community haven't ever played hockey but you know what they really do put the work in to learn um what kind of things are moving the needle uh they work their tails off to figure out the prediction value on this stuff um Probability moving forward and correlations, like to insult people that are working that hard to figure out what works and what doesn't work, like you know, just because they can't go bar down from the top of the circle, I just think I just don't know why why that's a variable at that point. And and here I'm going to say this as well: there is extreme value um, to playing the sport and and playing at a high level i i absolutely agree with that but if you played at that high level and you want to totally ignore the number stuff like why wouldn't you double up on a great thing
1: yeah yep absolutely
0: like the the like the brilliant hockey player that makes plays and it's amazing and he has a wonderful career that buys into analytics as well look the fuck out Right? Exactly. Absolutely. What if, like, Sidney Crosby, who's a a hockey nerd by all accounts, and by the way, I I don't think he's big on the analytics that we talk about on this podcast, but let's, in a hypothetical world, say Sidney Crosby becomes um, a coach or upper management guy and totally buys into analytics, being... Look, come on, that would be like a deadly.
1: Well, it takes it it takes the emotion, right? Absolutely. the The thing for me with the numbers is, you get there and you watch a guy play, and you go, "All right, is what I'm seeing on the ice real? What are the returns on the effort that this guy's putting out there?" And you can go and have a look at the numbers and go, "Well, he's letting a lot of shots go by, but they're from the outside." And when he does get his scoring chances, when he's on the ice, whether it's him or his teammates, they're getting higher quality shots. So he's a net positive for the team. Does he give us enough net positive for what we have to give up to, to get to obtain that player? I don't think it's that I don't think it's that complicated to mesh the two of them together.
0: I mesh it all yeah. the time. I know people don't think that, to. but I, the, po- the reason I don't write about or talk about, well, sometimes I talk about it on here because a podcast is... A, better forum for expressing this kind of stuff subjective opinions you know yep but writing i don't bring up like my eye test stuff as much because like you you're assuming the person reading it values your subjectiveness and i don't want to make that assumption so i try to keep it objective with the number stuff but i do value my subjective opinion on hockey because i've seen a lot of it and i i'm i'm proud of my background in the sport but i don't like to bring it into the the writing part of it but it it is an evaluation tool like when i'm that's the, the eye test stuff is what gives me the ideas to to chase the the evidence yeah you know what i mean like all right, I'm, yeah. this is happening uh, a little bit. Is it actually, or am I just um, rubbed the wrong way because of biases? So it I'm just I'm just saying the, uh, yeah. I'm just using the numbers to say, all right, my eyes aren't wrong all the time.
1: <laughs> but that and that's that's kind of what frustrates me about it. it, it it's like you can't. Use both. You've got to be either for something or against it. It's an all or nothing take at the moment, and I suppose it's spread worldwide in a lot of things. It's like no one wants to compromise. You're either using these to, this tool or you're not, and you should be meshing them. It's people can people's eye tests have a really good way of of working out whether someone's you know not skating to full capacity or they're not quite up to it. You can't find that in the numbers. There are certain things the numbers are never going to tell us about players, particularly locker room stuff. You do need to have a a locker room that is happy to play together. You don't have to like each other, but they do have to be able to play together. And you can't get that with the numbers. So the eye test stuff and the being at the rink and being around the players, all that stuff is really valuable for knowing if you've got a team that's going to play well. But you still need to use the numbers to help compile those players together.
0: And and here's where the failure is on the over reliance on the intangibles, which are not meaningless. I'll never no. say that. However, <laughs> these people that are that lean heavily onto it think it's more important to add a like great locker room guy. As opposed to an average locker room guy who's way better at hockey. Yeah. Because really the only intangible stuff you need to be worried about is the super negative. Because I'm going to be honest, in the sport, I really... I didn't come across many people I didn't like. Like even in years where uh, maybe we didn't have team success, like... I didn't not like being around everybody, like, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that yeah. a locker room can't turn sour. Uh, maybe I was just lucky. But unless you're talking about people that are moving the, the, the needle all the way negative, I, I think there's just a negligible kind of thing there. You should focus more on the 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 better hockey evidence.
1: Yep, you
0: know, absolutely. Do you get what I'm saying? Yep.
1: Yeah, look, I've played team sports my whole life, and with football, you've got you know basically the same size game day roster. It's what 18, 18 play on the field for football, and so when you have you know uh, a a reserves team and a seniors team to play as together, it's like almost fifty guys. You've got you're not going to luck like everyone on that fifty, but nobody in that collection of fifty that I played with was ever negative enough to drag the entire team down. And there were some guys there that I just personality clashes didn't particularly like, but we got onto the football field and it didn't matter. We never hung out off the ground or away from training. But when it came to playing, those differences between us never stopped us from from playing for each other or putting our body on the line. So there's always that over that guy you were talking about in the sense of the great locker room guy that comes in, the NHL has gotten more depth now. You can't hide that guy on the fourth line.
0: No, and I'm not, and I'm not even assuming that the the great locker room guy is a bad player. I just don't think you should be um, fishing that that shouldn't be the driving factor of player acquisition.
1: Two players being equal statistically.
0: Of course. Yes. But I'm not paying money for the leadership stuff. I'm paying money for the raw talent as long as they're not a complete shithead.
1: Yeah, and I, I I think there are some teams that are thinking that way, but there's still too many that think the other. And Edmonton reeks on it.
0: And a lot of this leadership shit that people talk about is in hindsight after there's team accomplishments.
1: Yeah. Yep. No, you know, you know what? You're right. Nobody puts their neck out while the team's going through trials and tribulations and says this person's being a leader. They wait until the damage is done and it comes out, and the team goes through for some success. Then they're all over the person like they're.
0: I'm. I'm That's sorry to interrupt. I'm watching. <clears throat> uh, I'm in Western New York. I'm watching writers talk about Jack Eichel's body language and all this stuff. Like, yeah, they, they're fucking terrible right now. So. Oh, by the way, when they finally improve, because I do think Bodrill will improve them. Oh, wow. They're on a winning streak. Oh, Jack's a great Do you really fucking think for a a second that, like, he's a drastically different person? Or do you think maybe the team was doing better? And, like, it's so... (sighs) Yep. (laughs) That was a Dave Lozo sigh. (laughs) Yes,
1: now, yes, it was. He he almost needs to copyright that, although we'd get into trouble. So maybe not, Dave.
0: Um, big fan of Dave, by the way. He's he's a yeah. I, that's my sense of humor that I that I enjoy. So yeah. Um, puck soup. I'll give the plug.
1: Yeah, no, I'm down with that. Um, so moving on from that part of Canada, do we want to talk about?
0: No, I gotta. So analytics that Todd McClellan, (laughs) if you want, man.
1: Uh,
0: So how much is Carlson going to get paid? Great question. Going to be a shitload if it's in Ottawa. Ottawa won't pay what he wants. Yes, they will. For him, they will. They'll make fight. that exception. I don't.
1: I hope they bloody do for their sake.
0: I hope they don't. I want them out of there. <laughs> right, so but here's we, the thing: a... Ottawa is going to pay market rate, and that's awesome because Connor McDavid didn't screwed himself out of lots of money, and. Oh, I'm going to save the money so that the team can use it. Well, they used it on Chris Russell and Milan Lucci, so congrats, Connor. You um, That money that could have gone in your pocket, well, it would have been better if you just took the money so that your team didn't do that. Yeah. So you actually hurt the team, Connor. You hurt the team. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Eric Carlson. Good for him and good for Dowdy for saying, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make what we are worth," and um, I applaud them. Yeah,
1: no, it's, I would like to see them get paid a lot, um, because it'll help push the prices for the players, and another lockout's coming as well. Anyway, so
0: I want Eric Carlson to get an absurd amount of money. And I don't care if the contract sucks, because an Eric Carlson contract, I know this is going to sound crazy, could suck based on years yeah. of money just because he'll be um, not old when it starts, but, you know, yeah, he's late, pushing later that 30s age. when it ends. And that's always yeah. risky, even though he's one of the guys that I would have uh, less reservations about. But I hope he makes like 15 mil a year. I don't even care. I if I complain about his contract on here, just um, scold me. Because <laughs> I want okay. him to earn all the money that he deserved. Because he's an all-time great.
1: Yeah, he is.
0: And Dow- yeah, he is a the... great defenseman, too. I know he's lumping himself with, like... Uh... He didn't lump himself with Carlson. He, he more lumped it with uh, Subban, which I think isn't absurd. But no. he's like, yeah, he made nine. We're going to make more. And uh, he shouldn't be criticized for saying that because um, inflation. Yeah. Nine mil when Subban signed isn't the same nine mil um, that it will be when he signs. And that's not, that's not this summer either. No. Neither are, right?
1: No, but I think they can start talking extensions as soon as this year's done so they can I they can get the extension done in the last year, the current
0: deal. That's, That's right, what's coming up. I, um, I wouldn't answer any phone calls from that area code. <laughs> I really wouldn't. What Like, why? why? Why would you stay there? You're literally a free agent. You can go anywhere you want. There's got to be a team on the rise that has the cap space to pay you. Go get your cup, man. Because he's
1: that much of fucking, a game-changer. Yeah. No, no, you're right. No, I, I think you're right. I mean, oh, could, the oil, uh, could the Islanders fit him in? Imagine that team with him and Tavares.
0: Well, that, I think that would be way too much, because they're both going to be above 10.
1: And, and the the roster's just not set up. Yeah, that Andrew Ladd deal looks clever. Yeah. you know what
0: yeah,
1: I, right. I, your philosophy I'm all down with it's finding that team that can afford him at the right time of their cycle to that's gonna be that's gonna be the thing that makes it difficult for him that's all because he can go and cash out anywhere absolutely but can you cash out and get a cup at the same time
0: what about Tampa they got some shit to move around
1: well uh, Stevie wise seems to be able to move it when he needs to.
0: I think they're an interesting one. If they could get rid of the Callahan contract, that'd be a very interesting... Him and Hedman, both Swedes? I
1: am going to say something very silly. Yeah, he should be on the Penguins
0: for five mil. I agree. What about the (laughs) Devils? Yeah, Cam, I was just looking through at the... Um I'm on hockey buzz looking at the logos and um you know what? Hell yeah. Well, maybe. It depends. Like, it really depends on like the next calendar year how um, yeah.
1: But the Did Devils just, can you, afford it. Yeah, that that's the thing. It's like the Devils have the space to be able to bring him in. That that's sort of why I'm, I'm thinking of it. It's like shit, they really could bring him in.
0: Imagine the Oilers and, without Lucic and Russell's money being wasted. Yeah, gosh. And Eberly's still there, and Hall's still there, and Carlson signs.
1: They wouldn't need Carlson if they had all those others.
0: But if they had him Yeah, I know. Maybe... But, um, boy, if, if Philly sold out with the Giroux and Voracek trading stuff, or maybe even keep Voracek and trade Giroux and found a way to get like a Carlson and lose McDonald that yeah. there's a lot of shit I'm saying right now. <laughs> it's a lot of pieces so to make, be moved here what, but like well, we lose that part, Andrew McDonald salary yeah I don't know We've
1: how to but it is it's it's possible <laughs> like he, there's, yeah he would change teams from maybe's to you know big time contenders that's how good he is
0: I would have said Florida uh, before this past year. Yeah, that's. Imagine if Florida stayed the course and then got like a Carlson.
1: But toughness and grit. Anything else?
0: Um. No.
1: Nope. No. Like we're there. All right. So seeing as. He's managed to contract this out to me now. You can find us on Twitter at, at Hockey underscore Hertz. You can find Gunner at Gunner66. You can find me at Walshy. What am I? sixty six?
0: <laughs> okay, you can
1: do this. I don't have any um,
0: numbers in my name.
1: No, you don't. You're just that kind of store. It's Sunday I'm morning Walshy, for you. Yeah, I'm hungover as hell from <laughs> last night. So, you know, um, you find us on Facebook. You can also find us on Patreon. You can donate there if you would like.
0: So Cam cut out. Uh, You can find us at all the places, he said. Uh, Sorry for cutting out there at the end, and uh, we'll see you next time.